Hello and welcome to the Inner Bitch Inner Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jacari. I'm a naturopathic doctor, acupuncturist, Reiki master, but ultimately an intuitive coach that focuses on the mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of health. I help women gain the confidence to use their voice and honor themselves via the Inner Truth Quantum Healing Method. I'm super passionate about bringing the big spiritual teachings and lessons down to earth in our everyday lives. And this is the journey that I've gone on myself the past seven years and have also been helping other women go through this as well. And this podcast is a place where I share what those insights are and what my downloads are so that it can help you in your life. Because if there's one big overarching thing that I have learned, it's that all that you need to heal is the present moment if you're awake and paying attention. So I hope that from this podcast you gain clarity, some understanding, and maybe even some emotional healing around some of the things that you are going through. And one last very important thing before we get to the episode. No matter how terrible you feel about how you have been in the past or how you have been even earlier today, no matter how bad you feel about yourself, I want you to know that you are still worthy of love and that the more that you can lean into loving those parts of yourself that you don't like to see, the more that you can do that, the more love and healing and closer you get to your own inner truth. After all, this is the Inner Bitch Inner Truth Podcast. Befriend your inner bitch to reach your inner truth. All right, now let's take a breath together. And relax your jaw. Relax the muscles around your eyes. Relax your forehead. Relax your ears. Feel your shoulders drop down and your arms hang heavy. And let your belly out and feel your energy sink into this space and know that you can come back here and do this for yourself at any point in time all right let's get to the episode today i have with me laura farr she is the co-founder of the progress project which is how I found her. I actually found her on Pinterest and ended up on her email list and received an email from her and just, um, we'll be talking about that email today, but I knew that I had to reach out and connect with her because I just loved the story that she shared. And I'm so excited to be having this conversation with you, Laura. Thanks so much for being on with me. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. It's a real honor to be with you. Yeah, let's uh, let's just dive right on in. Um, sure. So this email that I'm talking about, uh, you just shared this really beautiful story of overwhelm, and I, as soon as I read it, I was like, oh my gosh, so many women could connect with everything that she just said. I have to reach out to her. Uh, do you mind sharing a little bit about like what that email, the story of that email? Sure. Yeah, I know you make it sound like such a fancy email. <laughs> but yeah, it really it's funny because it's kind of a simple story, but I'm really really glad that I shared it because just like you, so many women connected with it and could relate to this feeling of just overwhelm. <laughs> and in the email I kind of talk about 
what I do with that overwhelm and how I um, process my emotions. And that's something that I've really been working on. So, um, yeah. So do you want me to just kind of tell you, tell you the story of, yeah, yeah. What, what happened that, that day? Yeah. So Sarah, I don't really know exactly how your family is with talking about feelings, but for my extended family, we just never did that growing up. We (laughs) never talked about our feelings and I grew up in a family that was really big. There were eight kids. So there was a lot going on and my parents were really hard workers and we just had a wonderful childhood. We worked really hard. We played really hard. We were really adventurous. They really taught us about service and how to help other people. So there are so many wonderful things that my family taught me. And, and honestly, it helped me become the person I am today. Uh, but one of those things that they didn't do was talk about their feelings. And I think a lot of it had to do with, we were just so busy. It was like, you just don't have time to talk about your feelings and, you know, don't sit around and talk about your feelings, just get to work and like, you know, bury those feelings down inside. You can deal with those later. Let's get back to work. So that's just kind of my upbringing, how I came from. And so this last summer I had the opportunity to hang out with all of my family. Um, and we were all going to be at a lake house together. So I was super excited to hang out with them. It'd been about two years with COVID and living far away. So we hadn't seen them, but I was also trying really hard not to be overwhelmed with being in one little house with my whole family, because there were six couples, there were 24 nieces and nephews. There were just a lot of us. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And so I didn't want to be overwhelmed. And the very last thing I wanted to do was cry in front of my family. And that is exactly what happened <laughs> is I was super overwhelmed and I did cry in front of my whole family during a dinner. And I got to the point where I was trying to hold it in. And then I snapped at my little boy. Um, I forgot to mention that my husband was away from the trip. And so my little boy was like, if you could imagine a little stuffed animal monkey that has like Velcro, that's just like attached to you all the time. (laughs) My little boy was like that for a week. So like, I just had this little monkey on me the whole time. Um, So yeah, so it was really overwhelming. And so I did something I never do. I snapped at my little boy and I snapped at my (laughs) sister-in-law. And then I just felt the tears kind of welling up and I knew I had two choices. So in that moment of just feeling so overwhelmed, I could either run off and hide with my little monkey attached, of course, Um, run off and hide into the room, like a bedroom, cry, not let anybody know what happened, come back, say, you know, oh, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Or I could process my emotions fully. And so I decided to do the second thing. So I let the tears well up. I let them fall down. And then I went into the bathroom for a minute to really cry and process it out. I came back. I talked with one of my sister-in-laws and sister, talked about how I felt, talked about, you know, how I was feeling overwhelmed um, and all these things. And for me, I guess the biggest, um, the most important thing through that experience was that I was able to process my emotions and, um, 
and just not be ashamed of being overwhelmed because I was trying so hard not to be overwhelmed. But the truth was I was overwhelmed. And so sometimes we can't, we can't control that. You know, we try so hard to not be overwhelmed with everything that's going on in the world, but you know what? Sometimes it is hard and sometimes it is overwhelming. And so instead, what we need to do is learn how to process those emotions more fully. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that story. It's, I love how you said I was trying so hard to not be overwhelmed, but I was, and I find that that just with my clients, the women that I work with, it's like, they want so badly not to, not to have to feel whatever it is. And it's that resistance that creates so much suffering. And it's like, just like throw your hands up and like, admit, this is how I'm feeling. And then it sounds like you got to have like beautiful conversations on the other side of it that probably deepened your relationship even more. Yeah. And that was the beautiful thing is it was kind of brave to, to let out my emotions in front of my family and, and cry and let them know how I was feeling. And then the rest of the vacation, I had the most wonderful time. I didn't feel any overwhelm anymore because I fully processed that so much more quickly. Um, And then I connected so well with a lot of my siblings. They were all so helpful. And because they knew that I felt overwhelmed, they could help me out and they knew exactly what to do. And none of that would happen. Who knows like how my feelings would have manifested themselves if I had held that in, you know, like I could have blown up at someone else or I could have like, there's so many different things that could have happened. And so, yeah, I'm just so glad that I felt that those emotions fully. And then I could go on living my life after that. Yeah. So I'm curious, cause you say that, you know, in your family, you were, it was like, you don't really talk about your emotions. So I'm really curious what your journey just with your emotions is really like, and how, um, just what that's looked like for you. Like, uh, I guess I want to start by asking the question, did you, when you would feel emotions, were you someone that was just like, I don't want to feel this and like avoid them because of your upbringing? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would say so from my perspective, I was and I still am very positive, very optimistic person. So when I felt any negative emotions, I felt like, oh, it's fine. Or just, I would try to avoid them because I wanted to continue to feel that positive, happy feeling. I was kind of chasing the feeling of happiness. Um, And so, yeah, growing up, that's kind of what I would always do. Just look on the bright side, be positive. Uh, And then as I grew up, I understood that, oh, life's not like that. There's a reason why we have all of these emotions. They're all valid and important, um, to feel and to experience. And so, yeah, I used to feel like that for sure. And then I had this journey of kind of changing that. What was that journey like for you? If you don't mind me mind sharing. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, so it happened here and there, like I said, when I was little, I would just be, um, you know, try to push those negative feelings away. And then as I grew up, I had more experiences. Um, and one of them was about five years ago, I went through cancer treatments and, um, there were a lot of emotions that I dealt with when I was dealing with my cancer. And so, um, I knew that I had to do something about this because no, everything wasn't just fine, you know, and I couldn't just 
smile about it. And I didn't want to, you know? And so um, my husband actually introduced me to meditation, which was incredibly helpful. And then it took me on this journey of being more mindful um, and more intentional. And in my personal life, and this is something um, I talk about on the Progress Project, is just having your own definition of intentional living. And for me, what it means to be intentional is to fully, and, and everyone's is different, but for me, it means to fully experience something. And so I really wanted to fully experience my life. And that included fully experiencing my emotions, which is good and bad because uh, then you really, you know, you really get to experience those heavy, dark emotions. But oh my goodness, my life has changed so much because I'm able to fully experience the bad, but then fully experience the joy. And so many of us, um, especially women, but also, you know, teenagers, there's so many people now that we try to numb how we're feeling. Um, And for me, I wanted to take this open arms approach with life and just feel it all so that I could feel the good and the real joy um, so much more fully. I love that. I love that so much. Um, You know, just from what I've heard from other women and I mean, men too, but people who are just starting to open themselves up to the, those denser, darker, harder emotions, they often think that when they open up to them, that it's going to like completely capsize them, that they're not going to be able to come back from that. Did you, did you experience that as well? I know I did. Yeah. Like you experienced feeling like you couldn't come back from it or I, when I, when I first felt like to the depths of, um, some, some pain, it was, it was anger and grief for me Mm. when I really, well, cause what happened was I was really angry and underneath that anger was sadness and grief. And when I opened up to that, like there was only so much that I could do privately by myself. I actually had my uh, Reiki master teacher was the one that kind of coaxed and like, um, didn't coax is the wrong word, but he, he helped me. He helped give me space and was there with me to let me know that I wasn't alone and that those Mm -hmm. feelings were temporary. And so for me, it was like, okay, I'm safe to feel this now. And it's not going to last forever, which is also what I do now for, for my clients to help them because, um, yeah, it's like when, when I first started going there, I was like, are you sure? Are you sure if I don't open this up that I'm, that it's actually, do you, is it actually going to stop? Like, are you sure? Right. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that that's, yeah, that was my experience. So I'm just wondering like what yeah. yours was like when you opened up to that. Yeah. Well, and I'm so glad you brought that up because that's, I think that is the main reason why my family didn't talk about their feelings is because that's what they were worried about, or that's what they've seen in the past is like, well, then it'll take over your life or then you just go down this hole and that's all you talk about. So they didn't want that. Um, and yeah, I hadn't really thought of that before, but I would say that, um, like going through when I was dealing with my cancer treatments and, and that time, um, and a death in the family, it was, yeah, I started to go through depression and, and it did seem a little bit, um, what's the word like over encapsulating for a little while. Um, yeah, but then I was luckily, then I was able to 
discover, you know, that you can go past that. So I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing with women and teaching them that, that it's okay to feel their emotions and process them. And then it's not going to be like that forever, that it's a journey and you can help them navigate that. That's so important. Yeah. It's something, I mean, I just want to normalize it, you know, like for me, my big thing is anger and like normalizing, like you don't have to feel shame or feel bad for being angry about something. Like you don't have to be cool with everything all the time. Like that's not how life is, you know? Um, Right. Yeah. Yeah. And do you find, I'm sorry, if you don't mind me asking a question, I'm just curious, do you mind with, or do you find that with your anger, that's something that just always um, has come up for you. It's just kind of a, um, like one of the emotions that you're always dealing with. Anger is something from a very, very young age. I've been angry. Um, Just some like family dysfunctional stuff that for like, I was angry from a very young age and rightly so but I was always taught not to be angry. Like I got in trouble when I was angry and um, yeah. So there's, there's just been things from my childhood that I was basically taught, like you deal with that in private and you're not supposed to, like, you're not supposed to feel it and you deal with it in private and you do as I like, do as I tell you to do, don't talk back. Don't question. Um, I was, I was a very, um, kind of put in a box, like, and I almost, what I see when I'm saying this is like a bird that's tied down in a cage. Like Mm -hmm. that's how I felt a lot of my childhood. Mm -hmm. And so my thing was like to fight back. So I was always like in that fight mode with anger where I was really, uh, I call it now I term it reactive. I was a very reactive Mm -hmm. person in anger and the opposite of that would be a repressive uh, person with anger where they don't, they just don't want to feel anger. And so they just kind of shut down. Um, so for me, I've really had to learn how to take that anger, kind of tone it down a little bit and, and use it in a way that's actually constructive rather right. than like destru- destructive. Right. Yeah. It's like, how can I use this energy for good <laughs> instead of bad? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that really just hearing your story a little more inspires me um, as a mother and just as a woman in general to be, I just want to be an example of someone that can process her emotions so that others can see that that's okay. And so that my little boy can see, you know, as he's growing up, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry and that we can be the people we want to be and that we should be or that we're meant to be, um, by using our full range of emotions. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's, um, I've noticed this movement and I don't know if it's kind of the Instagram bubble I've created for myself by following, (laughs) you know, specific, like we can curate what we pay attention to, but, um, conscious parenting and following a lot of, uh, accounts that, that teach women how, like how to do that and how uh, parenting is really like you first, like parent yourself, reparent the way that you want, uh, you know, yourself to be, and then teaching your kids like from that, but then also leading from the example. And I don't have any children yet, 
but I'm already researching because I want to yeah. lead a very different life than what, what I had. So um, I think it's just, it's so beautiful that you're, you're tapped into that, that bubble that I've kind of been a part of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And how wonderful for you. And yeah, like we eventually when you do have kids that you can already be this person that you don't have to work through that later, but then you can show up the way that you, that you want to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm really excited. I think, I think yeah. for me, uh, cause I have a lot of my friends have kids and just hearing mm-hmm. some of their stories. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Cause I have the perspective that the people in our lives are here to help us grow personally and spiritually. And yeah. so we grow through conflict, like conflict and being able to communicate better and to process the emotions and get to know yourself better. And I just, it's my perspective that, you know, the conflict really helps grow in deep in relationships and especially the relationship we have with ourselves. And so hearing some of my friends, you know, talk about their kids and like, you know, the, the conflict that they're having with their children and not knowing like how to go about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like having kids is like the spiritual path. Because you are learning so much every single day. So (laughs) it's like, no matter how much research and, you know, learning that I do previously, I know that it's going to be like, holy crap, (laughs) here we are. (laughs) Like, let's learn some stuff here, Sarah. (laughs) Yeah, I know. For me, I think it's starting a business, some kind of like creative business, whatever you want, doing some kind of entrepreneurial work and having kids. It's like those two things teach you so much about yourself and they really help you grow. So give me one of those things. Yeah. (laughs) You'll learn a lot. Yeah, for sure. I have learned a lot about myself having my business and yeah. Oh man, has it been a a roller coaster? (laughs) Right. I know. Right. Yeah. 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 It's the best way to learn about yourself and just how to trust yourself. Yeah. So many good things. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely good things. <laughs> and bad. <laughs> and hard it's, not, it's not all hard. <laughs> this is the worst. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, so we were talking back to like the, the befriending emotions and this journey that you've been on. Um, how has your life like changed? Uh, like what has, what has befriending your emotions given you? I know you've talked a little bit about it, but if you have anything more there that you'd like to share? I think the biggest thing that processing my emotions and, and befriending them has given me is freedom. And that is something that I am forever grateful for every single day, because I, I talk with so many women and, um, and just family and friends where they're struggling so much because they're not processing their emotions and they're not connecting that um, their thoughts and their feelings connect together. And so for me, learning that has helped me um, just given me a lot of freedom and just freedom in the sense that I can show up however I'm going to show up. And then that's okay. (laughs) You know, like one day I will be overwhelmed and that's okay. And one day I'm going to be so happy and joyous. And that's also wonderful. And so just to, again, going back to this idea of intentional living, just to experience this life, um, fully 
and really just to enjoy, yeah, the good and the bad, um, so much more fully. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to numb anything anymore and I don't want to push anything down. I just want it all. Cause that's why I'm here. So yeah. So just give it all to me. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I, um, what that made me think of was you really honed in on like self-forgiveness. And I guess I want to kind of like mm. share a little behind, behind how I got there. Um, because when you say like, no matter what happens and no matter how I feel, like it's all going to be okay. And that freedom of like forgiving yourself for not showing up perfectly or not showing up you know, happy all the time. And if you are overwhelmed or if you are sad or angry or whatever, like it's okay. And for me, I've had, um, I've had to go through that process as well. And I'm feeling like I want to share a story. Do you mind? Yeah, no, I would love that. Um, so it was, I mean, it's been a, it's been a a while now, but when I first got deep into this self-healing work, I remember there were these things that would happen where, um, all of a sudden I was, I was experiencing myself differently and I'll give an example. I'm very, very hard on myself. Uh, I don't actually know if I've mentioned this, but I'm in recovery for an eating disorder. And so there's just like, there's a lot of like being hard on myself. So that's my way of like self-punishment and all of that. So, um, I've been doing pretty well with recovery and I've come a really far way. Um, but some, that's just kind of like the pattern for me is to be hard on myself. So just imagine there, it was, oh, so this night, this, this instance that I want to share, um, I had just had a whole day in acupuncture clinic. I think, yeah, I was, I was in the acupuncture clinic and it was like a very long day filled with like night classes. And so it's pretty late at night. It's probably like 10, 10 30 and I'm driving home. It's the same route I go every single day. And there's normally never anyone crossing the street here and the street light was out. And I just, I was sitting in the car and I was so tired. And I remember thinking like, wow, I'm so exhausted. Like I cannot wait to get home, take a shower and go to bed. And I start to turn out. And all of a sudden I saw people out of the corner of my eye, like crossing the road and like freaking out and like yelling at me and like so mad at me. And I was like, oh my God, like I slammed on the brakes, like nothing happened. But I, I like scared the shit out of myself. Self, I scared the shit out of them. Like I was like, oh my god, and I just like, and but I sat there for a moment, and they're freaking out on me, and I was just like, Sarah, you're okay, you're okay. You had a long day. You didn't see them. It's dark out. They're, the streetlight was out. You're okay. And I heard that mental voice be so nice and gentle to yeah. myself, and I. So then they cross and I, you know, I'm, I'm, this is just like on loop in my mind of like being my own best cheerleader basically. And I like pulled out and I, you know, got on my street and I just started bawling my eyes out because I was so thankful that, oh my gosh, like this work is paying off. Like this, that was different. Like that was such a different experience than I normally would have. Like normally, you know, it'd be terrible self-talk. Right. And it was like, it was such a shock for me to hear that. But then I was just so grateful. And I think that that moment for me was one of the very first like pivotal moments where like I I forgave myself, you know, like that was, that was showing self-forgiveness and it's not like, you know, that happened. And then 
I totally forgave myself in every single situation. It's been a very like up and down journey. Um, But yeah, I just felt like I should share that. Yeah. Oh, what a beautiful story. And I love hearing that you, that super kind, nurturing, comforting voice stepped in right away for you because you're doing this beautiful work. It was able to come in exactly when you need it and take care of you. And I think that is so wonderful as, as we're doing this work. Yeah. We get that, that inner voice that is um, so caring and soothing and, and really takes care of us and wants us to be the best we can. And that includes giving us, giving ourselves plenty of grace and, and yeah, and just forgiving ourselves. So I love hearing that. Yeah. Have you had um, like a journey with your own mental self-talk? Yeah. Uh, for me, because I'm a, an artist, I went to, my undergrad was art and design and um, I've done photography and lots of other art businesses. And so for me, um, when you get into the creative work, you can have that really loud inner critic. Um, and so that was kind of my own version of having this self-talk that was very not nice and very, you know, just, um, you know, you're not good enough, whatever. Um, and so through the progress project, that's something that we work on as well is just talking a lot more about our creativity and, and working on our creativity to help take care of ourselves, like using creativity to, to nurture ourselves. And so that's been helpful for me is to soften my inner critic voice and to strengthen my, what I call inner mentor. Um, just so that I can hear that, yeah, that encouraging best self kind of voice that I, that I want to hear. And of course that always helps me create my best work. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, okay. So I wanted to mention here something that you did when I first reached out that I loved so much. And I was very appreciative of it. Okay. Um, So when I, when I first emailed Laura, um, you know, I, I kind of told her a little bit about how I was really into befriending emotions and that I had this podcast and I would love to talk to her and connect with her and see if she wanted to be a guest. And she replied uh, a very, very nice, sweet email. And also was like, you know, I want to check out your podcast first and make sure that it's a good fit. And that to me showed so much about who you are um, and that you truly honor yourself. And, um, you know, I just, I wanted to like highlight that. And uh, also, I guess, ask, have you always um, been the kind of person that like truly honors yourself in that way? Or is that something that you grew into? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I'm really glad that you didn't take that email the wrong way. (laughs) No, not at all. Uh, It was awesome. (laughs) I think that just real quick for the listeners, like Mm -hmm. it's okay to do that. And I think, you know, hearing that I, I, I was like, oh, like that's so badass. Like that's literally what I thought (laughs) to myself. That's funny. Um, So I just, you know, for the listeners, like don't, you know, if someone takes it a bit the wrong way, like that's on them. Right. Okay. Sorry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm so glad you said that. And working with just different businesses and being an entrepreneur, I know in my uh, experience, I've learned, you know, it's really helpful to respond quickly, you know, 
whenever you can right away. And I wanted to do that for you to let you know, oh, I got your email. I'm here. I'm listening. But then I also didn't want to rush into it. And so I wanted to try and balance the two things. And that's why I said that. Um, yeah. And for me, I, yeah, I haven't really thought of my journey as honoring myself, like how, where that started or if I've always been that way, but that's definitely something I've learned through working on businesses. Um, and also I keep using this word, but, (laughs) um, intentional living and also being intentional with my time. And so for me, honoring myself includes honoring the time that I have, um, whether it's that's my mental energy or my physical time um, or the time, you know, any different ways of saying time. But for me, I just wanted to be really intentional about um, my time. And when I honor myself, I can show up as my best version and then I can be helpful for you and your listeners. Um, and if there was somebody else who wasn't a good fit and I said, oh yeah, I'll do it anyways, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't be showing up as my best. I wouldn't be serving them. I wouldn't be serving their listeners. Like all around, it wouldn't be good. And so I think it is important to take the time to be really intentional about your time, what you have time and energy to show up for and how you're going to, um, do that and just decide what you choose to say yes to and what is totally fine to say thanks, but thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. And I, you know, you, you just said, um, like I wouldn't be honoring them because I wouldn't be showing up as my best version. I wouldn't be serving them in the way that, you know, they deserve even right. Like, yeah. And I think that that's something that, you know, I think, especially as women, I think women, um, in particular have this, uh, we have to be like the, the people pleaser, right. Of like do good and like be everything. And, um, I just, you know, men probably deal with that too, but I see mainly women, um, this podcast for women, for women, but it's, it's like this, um, you want to just be everything for everyone. And it's kind of like, okay, but like, how do you feel when you know someone isn't a true fit for you? And they're like, they're trying to do all this stuff for you. I guess that's Mm -hmm. the way that I think about it is like, okay, if I were on the other end of this, how would I feel? Cause I think for me, everything is energy. Like relationships are energy and you can feel a vibe. You can feel. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, if we're not the right match, we both don't feel good in some way, even if we don't have language to put to it. Do you? Yeah, I totally, yeah, I totally agree because I am also an energy (laughs) person and I'm, I'm just very, I've learned that I'm very sensitive to other people's energy around me. And so, yeah, it's so important for me to make sure that I'm working with the people that have good energy together, and then I can serve them and be true to myself and to them. Yeah. So I'm just thinking of the listeners right now. And, um, I know that me and and some of my friends, we actually talk about intentional time and like being intentional with our time. And I know that that's like the progress project. Like that's, that's your guys' jam, right? Like that's your thing. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. I would just love for you to share, like for someone who's like, and I think this is actually why 
I found your Pinterest, just how I found you in the first place was I've been really working on my own relationship with time and being intentional with time. Um, so for someone who is just brand new on this journey where they're waking up to like, holy crap, I don't have enough time in the day to do all the things that I want to do, but some of these things aren't really what I want to even do, but I feel like I have to do them. What would you, what would you say? Or what advice do you have? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Well, we don't have time to say (laughs) the things that I would say about that. And I guess that's why we have, yeah. Why my friend Kristen and I created the progress project um, because yeah, like you said, that's exactly what we do. We help women uh, be more intentional with the time that they have and make more time for what they love. So yeah, whether that's their personal goals, their creative projects, or just taking better care of themselves, that's, yeah, that's what we do. So we have like time management guides and um, free time management toolkits and We have 170 podcast episodes and a lot of those episodes are focused on time management and how to be intentional with your time. So, um, I definitely, if you are interested in those kind of things, if you're listening, um, you might be interested in the progress project and the podcast and the things that we teach there. Hey friends, it's Sarah. I'm interrupting just really quickly to share with you a new class that Laura and Kristen is putting together on the Progress Project. And actually, it launches on November 8th. So you're going to be listening to this around then. So if there's a project that you've been working on or thinking about, but you're not finishing it, you're not taking action on it, this class is called Six Weeks to Start and Finish Your Creative Project. It's been one of their most favorite and popular classes, so they're repeating it again just in time for like end of the year, finish up you know, the projects by the end of the year sort of thing. So they're going to be teaching their five-step framework that's going to help you start and achieve the creative project that's important to you. They're going to really help with the basic like time management struggles that all creatives deal with. And they're also going to help us get past the mental drama and the mindset drama that kind of comes whenever we try to start and or finish a creative project. I'm already signed up for this class. This is an area that I really need to work on. So um, yeah, if if you're with me, if if we're learning this stuff together, come to class with me. Come be in this class. I'm going to put the details and the links to sign up in the show notes. All right, let's get back to Laura's amazing tips on being intentional with time. The biggest thing that was helpful for me and a lot of our listeners is to make sure you have a clear purpose. So for me, that looks like finding a purpose statement and writing that out, which is a whole nother conversation. Um, But having a list of, for me, it's about five things that are most important to me that I feel like are my purpose. They use, they're things that use my gifts and things that are most important to me. And I look at that purpose statement every single day and every single week when I'm creating my goals and just creating my week for the, I'm creating my to-do list for the week. And once you have a clear purpose statement or you know what your purpose is, it's so much easier to be intentional with your time. Because you can easily say, oh, you know what, that podcast interview is actually not a good fit for me. Or this thing is really important to me. 
um, and the part of my purpose statement. So I'm going to say yes to that. So just having a clear purpose statement is really helpful in guiding you through your everyday choices that you're going to make and helping you become the person that you want to be. I love that. Thank you so much. I, yes, definitely got it. I'm going to be checking that out the progress project and (laughs) for myself. And I'm going to shoot it over to one of my friends right after this, because I'm like, yes, like this is exactly, I just, yes, I'm so happy that you shared that. Um, Cause it is like all about intention. And when you have that perp, like this is your intention, right? Your purpose is your intention and everything should revolve around that. Um, yeah. So, uh, just one more, I, I just want to pick your brain about one more thing. Okay. Um, for the women who feel like they should be like, they're shooting on themselves. Like they should be doing these things. Um, even if it doesn't align with their purpose, what, like, do you have any advice for ways to, um, I guess, do that shift inside where, nope, it's okay. Like you can just focus on your purpose. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great question. Oh, I love talking to you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So three things I would say one, they need to reach out to you. They need to reach out to Sarah and schedule an appointment to talk about it. (laughs) And you can coach them through how to do that. So that would be the first one. And then another thing would be, um, if you can work on what I call default mindset and kind of replacing your default mindset, um, I'm trying not to make this too long (laughs) to go into another conversation, but, um, for me, I use personal mantras and actually at the progress project, we have like a free mantra guide that helps you create your own mantras. We can put that in the show notes. Um, but I would like to use a mantra to help reset my, um, default mindset is what I call. So instead of, so replacing those thoughts of like, I should be doing this. I have to do this. I need to do this. Um, you could replace that with a mantra and a thought that's going to be more helpful for you. And it has to be something that speaks to you. And at, the more that you practice that thought or that mantra, then you're able to um, change that and get away from that should mindset to something else. So I would say that. And then the last thing I would say that would might be helpful um, is to just get a notebook and a pen and start journaling and do some kind of what I call self-inquiry. So just asking yourself questions. Why do I think I should do this? Why do I think I have to do this even though I don't want to? Any kind of really good questions, make sure that you're not um, letting yourself get away with, I don't know, or this is just what I've always done. But keep writing until you find those answers that are always within you. You will find them if you keep writing. So those are the things I would say that might be helpful. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing those. Um, And I love how you said, don't let yourself get away with, I don't know. And that the answers are always there when you keep writing that like the uh, constant stream of consciousness, Mm. it always comes out always. Um, Yeah. Okay. So before I ask you this last question, is there anything that you really wanted to talk about today that we didn't get to? I just want to make sure that. No, well, 
Yeah. I would love to ask you lots of questions to talk to you about. We'll do that another time. Okay. <laughs> no, okay. that was perfect. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, where can people find you if they, they want to connect and check out the progress project and all the things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the easiest way to connect with us is just through our website. So it's join J O I N the progress project.com. So there you'll find all our podcast episodes. You can get on our email list like Sarah, you can um, get all our free guides and lots of wonderful resources that could really help you be more intentional with your time. Okay. And I'll put all that in the show notes as well. Um, Okay. So this last question I have for you is if there was one thing that you could have every single woman truly know and like embody, what would that be? Oh, that's such a good question. I would have to say, and this comes just from who I am and my personal beliefs, But I would say that you are, I would want women to know that they are so loved, that they're not alone, and that they are what, I hesitate to say this because I know everyone has different beliefs, but I believe that every woman is created by a creator who loves them so much and designed them to be here for a real purpose. They are so loved and they have so much wonderful work to do. I love that. I'm getting like emotional because I feel (laughs) so much behind that. Thank you so, so much for, for taking the time to be here with me today. Yeah. Thanks so much, Sarah. It was a pleasure. 